Oh, you bring, oh we've been going this whole time? Yeah. <laughs> it's pre-roll, baby. <laughs> all right. Oh, all right. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> you pulled some gems out of that. Yeah, all right. Well. All right. Do you remember how to do the intro? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's been so long. We're the bungee kids with plasma pistols glowing. It's our podcast show with Brian and friends. And Welcome back to the Bungie Podcast. And uh, it's a new season now. It's our first fall you know, show, it's, right? It's, it's, this is the first show of the fall season. We're, we're starting a little bit late, like 30 Rock. Okay. Uh, the Office may have already started. Lost but, uh, hasn't started yet either. No, we're like some of the heavy, the heavy hitters wait. Yeah. The heavy hitters wait and roll in. Like they were all heavy in November, yeah, just okay. in time for November sweeps. So you're committing that this show will be out by by the end of November? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm committing to the show being out by the end of November. Is no, we got a, a new guy. It's going to help out. Everything's good. Is this yeah. our 2008 flashback show? Then? <laughs> should, we go ahead, should we go ahead and do our New Year's resolutions yeah. and yeah. talk about what a great year it's been? And how, yeah, how big 2009 is going to be. How exciting. Yeah, sure. I know. Preparing Just the drop. <laughs> I've, I was going to introduce everyone, but I feel like everyone really needs no we're introduction. All family. Yeah, yeah, everybody knows us here. Yeah, we're the same trifecta. The same, uh, the same threesome. It's been a long time, though. Yeah, what's happening? We've had a little bit of excuses. I mean, things have been a little crazy. People traveling out of the country. Lots going on. I mean, for what yeah. it's worth, that, that at least accounts for like two weeks of not having that the podcast. That counts for almost all of October, actually. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. No, like. You October were, was a wash. Yeah. That, I want to talk to Shishka about it a little bit. What was it? I mean, what was it like when you were back? I mean, you're back up in the in the nest all by yourself, aside from like web dev. It geeks. was really lonely. Um, yeah, the the having the conversations about not Java. very good at conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> did, but did you notice like your sort of just your general outlook on life and disposition kind of was a little sunnier without the dark cloud of Luke <laughs> yeah, without, looming over your head whoa, or next whoa to me? There. Yeah. You're not exactly a kind spirit either. I'm just uh, there, let's just say there was a notable as- absence of negativity in the yes. corner. I'm just also uh, a notable absence of wow discussion. So I actually got quite a bit done. Wow, hmm, okay. um, which was good because I had a lot to do these past you know couple months since the last podcast. So. Like no, I've been, I've been acquiescing up. and giving up Team Snipers, just yeah. giving it in. Been yeah. keeping up with it's your handiwork in the forums while while we were gone. Yeah, so it's been been a lot of love, a lot of love exchanged out there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the other things you wanted you wanted to touch over, Brian, was you wanted to talk about the high level FAQ. Oh well, for, yeah, uh, we should, we we. Obviously, by now, recon's old news, right? Everyone already knows well, about it. Well, by the it time this comes out, hell, there's yeah. probably going to have been a magazine. <laughs> no, no, this will this will be out before that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, do we have any uh, any reflections on Tokyo Game Show we'd like to share without without really going into just how awesome it was? Because unfortunately, Cause a, lot, everybody's a lot of people heard just about really it. weren't able to make the trip. So <laughs> you know. It's a different, I mean, it's just a, it's a really bizarre and interesting culture, actually. Like, you and I talked about on countless train rides. It was, the whole experience was actually pretty awesome. Brian and I went to uh, a Buddhist temple, and I threw up some love for Bungie. I made a prayer, nice. made it rain, made it rain some yen, and wrote a prayer. About he did, the, he wrote something about step. snipers, too. Yeah. Oh, hey. <gasps> God's out there. The Buddha's <laughs> listening. Podcast is going to get us in trouble. Yeah, no one that. listens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the biggest things most people were just seemed kind of baffled by was why did we go all the way to Japan to announce uh, an expansion to Halo 3? They love, um, actually, 
they just really like first person shooters over there. I had yeah. a, a lot it's, of people stop and talk to me thing. in uh, you know a mix of my tongue and theirs about how much they really like shooters and how glad they are that you know they're going to have a new shooter to play. It's a big deal. They love shooters. Love them. Actually, though, in all seriousness, <laughs> the uh, guys from Famitsu uh, that came to visit with us, the, the three guys that came, were actually super hardcore Halo the, fans. The, the guy who asked all the questions from that group was like their Halo expert and asked the most in-depth, detailed questions of anyone. Sorry, I got a little Starbucks burp. Yeah. <laughs> nice. nice. We're in a small room. <laughs> little pumpkin spice blown don't back. Be giving out free, <laughs> don't be giving out free plugs. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk to that guy. Could be Tully's you're drinking. <laughs> Could be Seattle's best. <laughs> yeah, those guys were super hardcore, but um, somebody pointed out to us that I think the Halo saga has barely sold like 100,000 copies over in Japan or something like that. So clearly it's Is not. Is that all three games combined has barely sold? I think Halo 3 sold less than 100,000. It was like the Halo 1 and 2, I think she said, sold 100,000. Combined. And Halo 3 has sold like 70,000 yeah. total. Wow. So it's Something to do with, I mean, obviously the installed base is way better than it was even back then, even though it's not that great. But right. So we've like sold more copies of the game in, you know, California. Right. Than we have in Japan. <laughs> but it, some people were curious, was, was Recon sort of our attempt to crack open the Japanese market and usher Halo into, into the Orient? But that is certainly not, there's no, no grand design there. You didn't I mean, see the huge ODST sword yeah. <laughs> in the trailer? How'd you miss katana. that? Yeah, the alternate cut when he gets out of the pot and takes his helmet off and he has spiky hair. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, we edited that out. But. No, it was it was surreal. But you know, the reality is TGS is a is a global event. Like we probably talked to more journalists there from North America and Europe than we did from any part of Asia. So it's yeah. it's everyone descends on it. It just was a venue, and ultimately, you know, Microsoft said, "Hey, we're doing this thing." And I heard at the keynote that there was actually an audible reaction from the crowd when the trailer played, though. And we, we were, were the, the only game. trailer that got the only trailer that got any applause. Um, That's pretty awesome. It's not like an E3 keynote, though. I mean, right, right. It's very different in scale. It's like a kind of a rundown like conference the, room with it, folding it, chairs. Yeah, I was gonna say, How many the, people were there? They said it say? only sat several hundred, mm -hmm. and they told us we had to get there three hours early to get to be guaranteed a seat. And meanwhile, when the thing started, I'm looking around, and there's plenty of empty seats. Empty wow. row after empty row down in front. But the weird us. thing is, is that the conference was hap like happening at the same time as other people doing their own conferences in their booths. So they're like, unlike E3, where everybody's pretty like methodical Scheduled about yeah they're always there's there's like this gentleman's agreement where you don't do anything to like detract from the other person's conference it seemed to me at tgs it all happened at the same time right so journalists had to sprint and make a decision and sort of pick and choose where they're going to go um yeah i don't know it was a much it was nothing like sitting in man's chinese theater or that stadium in santa monica and, and having just all the bombastic stuff of the past right, it was right. much more subdued and, and humble. It was it was almost like if you hung like a cord, like a rope from the ceiling as like a gym. It's like a, you could have just climbed up. It's just yeah. like a little gymnasium. Throw yeah. some wow. basketball courts up, you know, or racquetball. Yeah, but Jeez. we had a there's a business summit before the press conference. That was that like, was actually super interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, heads of some of the big Japanese developers just talking, talking about, about state of the industry, how to improve cool. their business and. Cool. 
it turns out that from the figures they showed once um a buddy of mine explained to me what they meant like because i mean the actual like if you look at a graph in the x and y coordinates are in japanese guess what the graph is nothing it means nothing to you <laughs> you're you're like oh it's red and blue and the blue's higher on this one graph going up that means good right <laughs> but uh it turns out that capcom was one of the uh one of the the the, the you know, publishers there uh, on the graphs, and they're like the only publisher from this panel that's doing particularly well right now. So, but I would say overall, um, people seem very to be respond very well to Recon, and we're just happy that E3 is behind us, and we've announced this game now, and it's no longer a secret, and we can get on with our lives. Yeah. yeah. So, what could in, can we say anything about it that we haven't already said? Is Not there anything really, actually, not that we, we haven't already? Maybe we should just rifle through some laundry lists of just maybe yeah, some absolutely. misconceptions that are out there still, or some questions. And I know we've put up FAQs on the website, but not everybody has a chance to go read that stuff. So it's good to repeat um, some of these things as many times. Yeah, as I mean, we can, we, we definitely. We can't we can't make any new revelations here today because there are some there's some stuff already in the pipe. There's, yeah, and there's when some that heat stuff, in the pipe. There is some heat in the pipe. Excellent, com- coming down. When the, and when uh, when that comes out of the pipe, we'll probably reconvene here and have some more deeds yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah, to we'll, augment and expand. But, but yeah, since the release is a ways off still, too, right. we well, well let's say, talk about yeah let's, let's talk about what, what can we talk about? You play as the chief, right? Wrong. Negative. <laughs> Despite what certain bloggers may have, may have posted during the show uh, uh, with their trailer analysis, um, this is not about Master Chief. You know Chief. what we could do? We could, we could role play a little bit right now and have Shishka be one of the fervent members of the media, and Brian and I will play ourselves. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. I like I'm going to just move my no, chair why don't you over. Just channel, why don't you just channel, not in the start of the media, but why don't you channel the common questions or confusion amongst the, the community, All right. things that, that you think we should, we should be addressing. This is how it really unfolds in the little interview rooms, kids. This is it. We're totally yeah. role-playing it. We're getting into yeah. it. I just changed into right. a bungee polo. That's right. <laughs> they're, both, uh, they're both wearing bungee brand clothes right now. Uh Wait, let's get on our recon jackets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, mine's huge. <laughs> so is mine. <laughs> and it's still about 50 degrees too warm outside for that. Okay. Awesome. All right. Yeah, so what what can we say about recon? Okay. What should well, we say? Well, the first question people have is, uh, is it an expansion? Is it a full game? What exactly is the recon experience? That is a good question. Um, I think you can take this one. I'll try. Um, give me the cue if I go off, if I go off reservation. Um <laughs> I think it's safest to just call it an expansion. We try not to... We want to throw that word around too much because I think, personally, it's a little bit... doesn't do the game service because expansion historically just means two or three extra missions, more of the same, sort of tacked on, and I think Recon will prove to be a lot more than that because the guys downstairs have just... They're, they've thrown a lot more into this than just an expansion. But in the true sense of the game, it is expanding upon Halo 3... In no way is this the same 120 people working three years on a project like Halo 3. It's not the same scope, not the same scale. Um, the next question typically is, okay, great, well, how much will it cost? And that we don't have an answer to yet. Um, certainly our hope and our intention that as many people as possible could get the game and that the price reflects the expansion sort of value-oriented nature of the game. My next question then would be, uh, is it going to be available on Xbox Live Marketplace or is it going to be a disc? I'll kick that one over to Mr. Smith. Uh, Halo 3 Recon's a disc-based product that comes out next fall. There's no plans to make the Recon content available on Xbox Live Marketplace. All right, sweet. So, uh, okay, so that talks about the skew a little. Let's this talk about intense. the game itself. Oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> How does it feel, Luke Smith? 
to be on the other side of the fence. Can I be shitty to you soon? <laughs> we'll be it's anyway. Not That's totally we're gonna all switch role play, and yeah. then you get to channel the community and ask Shishka about matchmaking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, Mock <man>. interviews. <laughs> okay, so all right, then another question obviously would be: uh, tell us a bit about the setting of Halo Three Recon. Where does it take place? What's going on? Nice. I like that. Um, oh, I, did a bu- I did a bunch of these at the yeah, thing. Yeah, I'll defer over to Luke a little bit. Oh, though. I was going to say, because I did a bunch of them. That we yeah, well, you're the take story guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe Staten is uh, the story guy on Recon, and uh, a bunch of people have wanted to since the Halo 2 E3 trailer from 2002, I guess it was, or 2003. 2003, I Yeah, think. people have wanted to uh, sort of explore and... and do more in an urban environment. So, as you can see from the trailer, this game is taking place in New Mombasa, and it is a. Uh, it takes place actually in the middle of of Halo Two. As the chief goes off, you see the uh, uh, the Prophet's ship take off, and that's what causes the massive slip space rupture, which does all the the damage to the city. And uh, you're an ODST dropping in from the heavens to uh, see what's left and see what happened at, at Mombasa to get it to the situation that it's in, and it's obviously. From the trailer, as it indicates, an occupied city. So you're gonna be playing around in there. There's no like, there's no you know salamanders and arbiters or intergalactic johns. This is gonna be pretty focused on on what's happening back on Earth while you know the events of Halo Two are unfolding. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Tell me a bit about the multiplayer portion of Halo Three Recon, or is there going to be one? There's uh, gonna be some new uh, new Halo Three maps included with Halo 3 Recon and I think that's uh, that's you know that's all we're saying about them right now and we'll have more information well, on those maps later. The whole the whole Recon campaign as the ODST can still be played four player co-op over Xbox Live all that same sort of feature set still there but as Luke says there will also just be sort of straight up Halo 3 maps included in the box so you can't play as an ODST in multiplayer like in deathmatch okay. for yeah. example so you're like, still going to be a Spartan in multiplayer yeah I would say really think of it as two games in one it's ex- it's sort of building upon the existing Halo 3 sort of standard multiplayer fare with, with new maps but then it, then the recon is sort of a brand new self-contained campaign experience that's separate standalone They're, the streams don't cross at all so no ODST in multiplayer no Spartans in the recon campaign. Right. God, so. are we making this on a Blu-ray? We're going to run out of space on one disc. <laughs> well, actually, one of the questions... Uh, Laser I've vision. Seen, <laughs> I've seen the community ask this a lot. I think it's a pretty good question. Um, are they... How is... If multiplayer is separate from the recon single player, then how is the... Uh, how, do people install the maps? Uh, what? How does that work exactly? Yeah, you know, I have seen that question. And uh, right now, we're not completely at liberty to to spell that out. <laughs> I, I do believe there's a little bit of uh, last-minute decision-making being made in that regard. Um, it's not yet known exactly how they'll coexist, at least right. not to a point where we're able to, to reveal that. People shouldn't fret about it. I mean, it's going to be – it'll make sense and it'll be convenient and – um, also, I should throw in the plug that the Mythic Map Pack, which is part of the new maps that are included in the Recon Box, will be released before the Recon Disc comes out, targeting sometime early next year. Okay. And we don't have any other information right now about dates or price or anything else. And Mythic will be that you're talking about the extra maps we've already shown Assembly for. Yeah, uh, Assembly is one of those one of the maps that will be available for DLC early that's next the, year. As yet the only one we've shown. Yes, yeah. the only announced uh 
acknowledge map, yes. And we're going to have to get on that pretty soon, aren't we? Yeah, yeah it I depends mean, on what early next year means. Yeah. We, would love, <laughs> we, would, we would love to know. I mean, yeah. obviously, I mean, I'd love to give them out tomorrow if we could. We've, I mean, many of us have been fighting for a long time now. I mean, it's not much of a secret that maps are done, so we would, we would like to release them sooner than later, but there's other factors at play. On the bright side, it gives me plenty of time to work on my little secret project that That's I've true. had several full-time employees engaged on. It and does. it gives us more time to uh, make more Hopper's Legendary required <laughs> for the optimum experience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Why not? I People mean, that time. buy maps should get their money's yeah. worth, right? They should have a great experience. Yeah, Sounds so. like you're trying to turn the tables around, and now I'm going to no, get grilled. No, 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 no. I'm All just, right. th this is just, uh, this I mean, is those a, were the, that's I something that we'll Those are some of anyway. the biggest issues about Recon. I mean, I, really quickly, too, just to make sure we're clear, Luke said this earlier, but it's still first person. It's not a squad-based game. It's not third person. Luke read it off his whole, uh, <laughs> what's your whole list of things that it's not? Uh, it's <laughs> not Splinter Cell, Halo, Graw Halo, Gears of Halo. Um, Halo Shock. Halo Shock. Um, <laughs> it's not Halo Space. It's, it's not, not Halo Crashers. <laughs> Halo yeah. Fable. It's not Halo's yeah. Creed. Um, it's uh, it's uh, Halo 3 Recon, and you're gonna, you'll like it. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So you, you would say it's a, a definite Halo game. Would you say that there's things that are different that people will definitely find uh, interesting? Oh, yes. There's definitely differences, but at the same time, like the core combat cycle and everything that people love about Halo is the same. Awesome. Yeah, but playing as ODST will bring about some different tactics and approaches to battle. <laughs> tactics word. Might as well just use stealth. Oh, we didn't say it. We didn't say it wasn't Halo Tactics. Yeah, it's actually Halo. on a grid. Just Halo wait till you get advanced. It's isometric. It's going to be awesome once you unlock Orlando. It's amazing. <laughs> the game just gets really easy from that point on. We are going to have, uh, I think later in today's show, we'll talk a little more about Recon with the guys that made the trailer that we that we. Yeah, showed. we're going to have um, uh, Joe Staten and hopefully Jim McQuillan. And also, you've heard that the, allegedly the lost podcast will be releasing at the same time as this show which was for context the one we recorded <laughs> before we way left back E3. before we went to LA yeah. thinking that recon the teaser for recon would have happened during E3 so it'll be a, a fun trip down memory lane to yeah, look maybe back we at should, what could have been should, yeah we'll have to set that show up somehow like record a intro, intro to yeah it. we should yeah, like after that. this well you're gonna have you're gonna have Joe coming up, and he was in that podcast, so you can have him but intro it, we, his own got podcast a, we've got interview. We've got to listen to it and vet it out. <laughs> I mean, I remember there was something after the credits that was good, but <laughs> I don't really, uh, no, I don't still. really remember much about the content of the show. Yeah, well, that's sort of the uh, that's sort of like the business lowdown, though, on the uh, from our side of things. I think for right? Recon, like, yeah, yeah I, mean, I think there's a lot to look everything. forward to. People should be pretty stoked about it. Yeah, I mean, the hardest part's just going to be waiting, um, yeah, as always. That's it's the worst part. Us waiting to be able to talk about more about it, being waiting to show stuff, and waiting, obviously, to learn more and play it. So that'll hopefully the Mythic maps aren't too far off and they'll hold people over, but uh, it, waiting will be the hardest part. <laughs> I hear there's a lot of other games coming out this holiday that, that look like they're going to be pretty sweet. Well, so. you've all been this playing a bunch of them. already the, ridiculous. This holiday is amazing. Like yeah. where It's right now, just for context, and so that you can lol at home kids it's the end of october uh so we'll see when this comes out but like we've all been playing a bunch of the october stuff oh yeah dead space is pretty much amazing yeah it's been making a lot of a lot of buzz within the studio people seem to be enjoying it having fun with it people also talking a lot at the studio about fable yeah our, our friends at uh lionhead sent us all copies of that game has anyone? I haven't. So I wasn't here. I haven't got my copy yet. But mm -hmm. has anyone had a chance to check out the Spartan armor in the oh, game? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, my, my character, in fact, runs around in total like nobleman's gear and the Spartan helmet. Okay, it's awesome. 
You get the armor. Is it easy to get, or am yes. I going to have to work for it? Really easy to get. get. And the sword comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Did you do the? Uh, have you done the unlockable, like the secret dungeon yet? Uh, the halls of the dead. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Is Where's it the library? It's just out the pier of bloodstone, <laughs> just out in the water. Okay. All right, I gotta go do it because you get a legendary weapon for that. Yep. The Wreckager. Sweet. The Wreckager? Yes. It's a pirate cutlass. Hmm. Amazing. Okay, cool. the, are the slots filled already? Uh, yeah, because it's legendary. Hey, speaking of pirates, maybe we should give a little shout out to a, another game oh, that's no recent, kidding. That's we recently should probably come out. Uh, give a shout out to Max Hoberman and all the guys at Certain Affinity for having successfully shipped Pirates Booty. And I think You're, you, you, you worked on that a little bit as well, right? I did. I did some of uh, some of the art, some of the effects and animations in particular are, uh, are my handiwork. So I'm uh, very excited to see that the game finally managed to find its way to the people's hands. I need to scoop that up still. Yeah, I so do I. We need some codes up in here. <laughs> 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 I hear it's doing really well, though, so Good. congratulations to everybody at Certain Affinity. That's yeah, fantastic. For sure. It's a nutty fall, man. There's just tons yeah. of stuff. Like, I've and, just got a stack of and games. And the juggernauts just haven't even hit yet. They're coming, right? Oh, yeah, God. Uh, this week's your is Fallout, right? Fallout today or tomorrow? I, Fallout's getting like, a huge marketing push. Like watching football on Sunday, like every commercial break was like, hmm. you know, that commercial with the old music. See, because Dead Space seemed a little bit like a sleeper hit to me. Like I don't really recall having any marketing done about all, that. All game. of their marketing was like online stuff. Hmm. I don't think they did yeah. any TV commercials. It'll be interesting like to that. see how it does. I hope yeah. it does awesome. I, I hope it that does. Game scares me. Game is so I love awesome. it. <sighs> A comparison for play styles here on horror games, I've been playing through on normal and I'm working through it at a regular, what I would describe as an average pace. Sketch played on easy mode and finished the game in like 15 minutes. And Luke is also playing on normal mode. But I'm at the exact same part that you are. Yes. And I started after you. But then I've played to take a, a break and beat Fable 2. I and sort of beat Fable 2 in the time you've been playing Dead Yeah, Space. but see, like, I, no, 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 because I only have like two hours of game logged. I just play in like twenty minutes. Yeah, that's all you can take. I play. I play. Uh, <laughs> Only I'm, when it's daylight. No, I play Dead Space. Yeah, I play Dead Space uh, during the day. And With I, lights I, on anyway. I use the the uh, the save system where I'll be like, yeah, I can commit to three saves. <laughs> and I'll make my way through three saves, plus or minus one. <laughs> Who would win in a fight between Dead Space, Necromorphs, or the Flood? Push. <laughs> Push. I wonder. I guess it just depends, like, well, see. Probably depends on which variation. The Flood, would need to, yeah. the flood needs live host, right? Yeah. But the Dead Space needs corpses, so it just depends on, like, what state their food supply the is. The other thing is, like, the, the Flood tends to work in large numbers, so... That would be like a a one to ten fight would seem like even. Well, remember, like flood. the flood juggernaut could always come. Like if we had something like a big flood pure form or the juggernaut that never made it into the game, something like that could hold its own maybe That's against true. one of those big boy necromorph things. Yeah. Don't forget the grave mine too. Oh I mean, yeah. I don't want to spoil anything, but it could be you know boss battle there, grave mine versus. Okay. All right. Whoa, treading, we're treading we're, dangerous we're, ground. Yeah, no and I just saw uh, Joe Staten outside, so. Yeah, he's early. Yeah, we're now yeah. he's right on time. I think we're running a little behind. We're, no, I'm we're about at, two I'm minutes. At the official still. clock right now. Yeah. Oh well, we're gonna take a let's quick take a break. break. Let's get we're our gonna, we're assistant gonna, here to clean up it real this, quick. We're and gonna get them ready for our guests. And bring Shishka back in a little bit. Yeah, bring Shishka back with Marty. We'll be right back.
Okay. Yeah. All right. We're back. Thanks for that break. Uh, so Shishka stepped out, and we have two new people joining us right now. Uh, Joseph Staten. You left my seat warm. It's awesome. And Jim McQuillan, hey. first-time podcast guest. Um, Jim is the guy who, among other things, uh, has made awesome Vidocs and all the video materials for Halo 2 and 3 over the years. Everything on Marketplace, everything on the bonus disc, that was all Jim and his team. Um, but more recently, Jim was spearheading the Halo 3 Recon teaser and announced trailers that we just showed um, earlier at TGS. And of course, Joe Staten, as the creative director and writer for Halo 3 Recon, has been intimately involved in that project. So, Intimately involved with the Jim McQuillan project? Yes. <laughs> uh, and you guys are intimately involved. <laughs> it's that kind of podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> So, yeah, we wanted to have you guys here today, and uh, the first time, just to talk a little bit about now the trailer's out there, how does that feel? We know you guys have had fun like we have watching the fan reaction to it, and let's just kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and uh, begin talk, at, talk a little bit about it. Begin yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, take like us all idea, back. Because I, I remember actually... Is this a Scooby moment? Yeah. <laughs> I remember actually uh, months ago seeing the original mm. storyboard sketches, and like the original idea that you had for... the. The, the ODST dropping in is pretty similar to what the final... Actually, it depends on how far we want to go back in history, because my original idea was crap. <laughs> Remember Wait, my original idea? Was that the live-action Harold Ryan speech? <laughs> no, that, no, that, that was, was genius. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, but, <clears throat> Joe had one prior to that, something about a phone and a subway and a... I didn't see that. No, so, I mean... Yes. Was that the answer to the call one? Yeah, that was the answer to the call. That was the that was the, the the literalizing of the message. That was that was super awesome and entertaining. No, I mean we we start out with the same basic idea. I mean we knew that we wanted the superintendent to um, guide the action of the piece to a certain extent, and that was a little bit more literal in the first cut where the, there was a phone ringing and it was this constant sound throughout, and that really just wasn't playing all that well and I I think we came to realize that the superintendent was a really great observer just like he is in the game I mean he's a not getting too much into the game and giving stuff away he's sometimes active sometimes passive but he's always watching watching what you're doing and we really wanted that to to read in the piece and I think that's mainly why we went to that second idea other than the fact that my first idea sucked how far <laughs> along did did you guys get on the first idea well Joe and I I mean going back to sort of Halo 3 Joseph and I also had talked about finding this place between where a game, where the gameplay space entered sort of a, you didn't get to tell this portion of the story. And we had, we have those in Halo 3. And this was an opportunity to find a place where recon, you would never play this section. You would not get to see this portion of the story told. And so it was mm -hmm. a, it's an opportunity from Joseph's standpoint to find a place to be able to connect where you left off and where you're going to start to play in a moment in cinematically so that you could, as a fans, be able to connect the story. And it sort of started there. And Joseph, mm -hmm. even, even if you look at the very first idea where we were sort of trying to figure out the superintendent's role, it, it, it still was in that same space, which is between the cracks, between where the game begins, your very first cinematic, and necessarily where your first gameplay starts. Mm-hmm. And also, that's that's very true. And the, um, you know, we really didn't know as well. I mean, when did we come up with that first idea? That was a while back. I mean, we were really in pre-production at that point. Was, and the weird thing about Recon is, we remember when that was. That was it a long was, time it ago. was it was uh, May. Yeah, it's like the end of it's like the end of May. Yeah. We were we were 
kicking that around. I think it was like mid-May, actually. Yeah. So we started Recon in March, right? I mean, in earnest, in pre-production. So by the time we were planning our E3 um, announce, we were really, I mean, we were just trying to figure stuff out. So I don't think we really understood very well what the beginning of the game was, which you aren't going to talk about, but sort of how you enter enter the story. And to a large part, I mean, the trailer was informed by some of those decisions that we were making on, on the fly. And so really just the idea evolved like many things in the game. No, along those lines, I mean, some of the... Actually, we weren't even talking about it E3 at the time. We were, and I don't know if this missing podcast talked about that, but we were just talking about an announce trailer. And so it started out as, how could we do something that would be an announce for the game? And E3 became a second thought. Well, I'm just wondering, knowing that what the timeline would have been if things had played out differently for E3, I mean, and now do you guys sort of look back and do you think because we you didn't mm-hmm. have to cram it out there in time for E3 that the end result was better? Uh, just oh, as I, I f- think so, definitely. I definitely think I mean, think imagine so. if yeah. we would have had to put a trailer out in the beginning of July for yeah. something that, to your point, the game maybe was still being finalized and flushed out. It just mm-hmm. seems like it would have been very difficult to hit the level you guys have hit now. Absolutely. Far less time and understanding. Yeah, no, the half-baked ideas that we had at the beginning got time to bake. That would have been the shadow puppets. And, yeah, little shadow yeah. puppets. You know, speaking of, too, the other question, I was curious, did you guys initially have reservations, or what was the discussion about sort of the decision to make a CG announce, which is, I know you know people have pointed out as a first for, for the studio. People mm-hmm. that follow Bungie know that we we've historically prided ourselves on using in-engine assets and sort mm-hmm. of being very pure, but this was a very different approach for us, and... So yeah, what I was think, that all about? Yeah, I mean, Jim, I'll let Jim give his answer to this too, but for us it was two things. I mean, one was just practical. We were so early in the development process that we just didn't have anything for the game. You know, we didn't have the city assets at that point. We didn't even really have an ODST that was uh, up to the visual bar that we were shooting for. So we didn't have all the materials we usually have when it comes to trailer time. So we knew that we had to do something different. But also, you know, we wanted to put together a piece that was very deep. And I think if you know you're a fan of the Halo games, you can really dive into this trailer and see a lot of a lot of things in the motion graphics, buried in the signage, all that sort of stuff. So we wanted a level of polish, which was just going to be impossible that early on to sneak in all the secrets and fun stuff that we wanted. So, you know, Jim from the beginning was a big proponent of the CG trailer, just because it was something that the team didn't have to to work on, didn't have to manage, and um, I think creatively it actually gave us a lot more flexibility than we're used to. We could pump, yeah, pump. Pump. <laughs> we could pump into the trailer a lot of interesting stuff that we just wouldn't have the time and bandwidth to do otherwise. I mean, if you look back, the way that Bungie would approach this E3 2006, it took a fairly decent-sized team. Now, was, again, it was early into the early into the sort of the Halo Three, and it was sort of okay. What is the game going to ultimately look like? And it's sort of I think E3 2006 really gave us an idea of this is where we were going with the game. But it took a lot of people. It was a whole BSP. You know, it took everybody offline for that time period. And it was probably four or five months worth of consistent work for that minute and a half. Um, mm-hmm. And including engineering, whatnot, and all sorts of limitations, but all sorts of, okay, here's where we're heading with the game. Well, the recon team didn't have that time, especially in the in the amount of time that that they were currently sort of where they started. They Joe said they started in March. Okay, now by that point, if you go back in Halo Three, they were they already had a year of pre-production, and 
Joseph and his team had three months. And so at that stage, it's like, okay, what can we do in the time period that actually sort of makes you feel like you're going to have an idea of what the game would feel like, mm-hmm. but also be dramatic enough that the fans would go, this is cool. It's an expansion of Halo 3. I get it. It looks different. It feels different. Um, and it isn't the Master Chief. And I think those, I guess, really those three things, which mm-hmm. is it looks different, it it. It isn't the chief, mm-hmm. and there's potentially a you know a it's going to play different, and just trying to capture just a little bit of each piece of that mm-hmm. in a trailer is really I think what we're after. And I think we're kind of in games. At least I hope we are moving toward a. I don't know how should I phrase this. Oh no! Oh, let me think about this for a wordsmith this with me, Luke. Um, what's that game? Uh, Killzone Two, right? I think we're in like a post Killzone Two trailer universe. Where the whole stuff about is it real, is it not real, like who gives a fuck, right? Trailers are all about the feeling, trying to elicit a feeling in your audience. And whether that's pre-rendered, whether it's from your engine, or whether it's just you know an animatic with, with text on the screen, um, I think what you're trying to do is make people dip into the world of the game for a moment, get excited about what it's going to feel like to be in that game, and then get out in like a minute or less, right? Or two minutes or 30 seconds. And I don't think... Um, I hope at this point we're still not having the argument about trailers where it's, was well, it real or is it not? Like the recon trailer, it's pre-rendered. Yeah, Our I think it's looks, only an issue where someone doesn't come out and yeah. if, if they try to pass yeah. it off, you're going to get busted and it's going right. to be a bad a bad situation. But, but we were really clear up front yeah. and, and the great thing about the trailer is it's actually more, I mean, we and Bungie have certainly <laughs> released trailers that didn't end up looking like the game, right? And I think we were sick of doing that too. What do you mean? The space station? The yeah. stencil, stencil shadows yeah. and all that stuff? That was perfect. Um, you know, you know what I'm saying? It just in yep. this in this case we said, look, it's it's pre-rendered, but actually you're getting a very accurate snapshot of what recon is. It's got this film noir vibe, it's Marty's got a little bit of alto sax going on in the background, it's a mystery story, lone ODST guy out in the dark city. You know, it's cool. Yeah, so <laughs> so but that's the feel that we're going for, and I think in that respect, it's very accurate to to the feel of of recon. Well, and I can second that just from seeing the concept art to the mm-hmm. trailer to the game engine itself. I mean, there, it's very it is very consistent and yeah. indicative of what, what what you'll see when you turn on your console next fall. Mm-hmm. But because, I, I, I mean, was we, also we were, but we were because it's Bungie, we were sweating huge to try to make sure that it we used the assets. We worked in the exact same technology. Um, we all were working in Maya. So Cafe FX was, we were working in Maya. They, they used our ODST, they used our pod, they used a lot of our own, a lot of the- The brutes and the, the weapons. Brutes, the weapons, even a lot of the 3D architecture is is either up straight out of it or inspired by, because it there was a desire to make sure that we didn't go so far that you felt you were doing Final Fantasy and you were watching a movie and nothing like it was going to look anything like the game. No, it totally looks like Final Fantasy because they just have movies in their game, too. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> two separate recon <laughs> Final Fantasy jokes in two different segments. Wow, this is a good spooky. start. Really? Maybe Marty can complete the trilogy. <laughs> but, you know, we we were really working the, to, to bridge that side so that when the guys on the team looked at it, they would either be inspired by and say, shit, okay, now we've got to make sure we live up to, we can bring at least somewhat of this look or all of this look to life. And the fans wouldn't go, you know, you fucking assholes. I'm sorry. Beep, beep, beep. Um, (laughs) You're entitled to a few. (laughs) That, you know, you guys completely sold us, you know, something that isn't going to be 
come true or I don't feel like I'm playing that game. Mm-hmm. So that marrying those two worlds is something that I think we always try for here. And finding Cafe FX was a big part of that. They were, they were a small effects house out of Santa Maria. Um, they've worked on a lot of big films. They've, they were the thing that I think caught Joseph and I's eye was uh, Pan's Labyrinth and the style of sort of dark, a lot of CG work and that they did every, every bit of CG in that movie. And David Ebner there had never done a game and thought and thought that this was an interesting opportunity to sort of get into something with a group of people that were sort of passionate about what they did and how they did it as much as he was. And David, who is one of the principals of the company, literally touched every single effect kind of the way that Joe does. You know, when it comes down to Joseph in a you know game, his hands are all over it in the same way that yeah. the, I was gonna make That's like an uncomfortable. <laughs> I was gonna make an uncomfortable like roller rink snowball dance eighth grade joke there. Just for that, I'm gonna go touch the br. <laughs> Can you make the spread a little narrower? I hear that's a problem. <laughs> Sensitive issue. But they they were a really good partner because they would literally trade assets back with us. We they would give us something. We were able to look at it. We were able to open up the file if we didn't like the animation if we felt that it could an extra tweak and we felt that we didn't have time mostly um, some of it was like we just needed more polished time it's like look give us a chance let us take it like let's take a pass at it we'll pass it back and forth between our animators and your animators and it was fairly seamless and which was uh, which was something we like to do and they were completely open to it which is finding a company to work with like that to be able to collaborate with is kind of what mm-hmm. we do here all the time and and it took the egos out of the formula which is it just it was just about trying to do something cool and have fun doing it and trying to figure out a way to make it all fit in the timeline yeah they sure i mean just from my outside perspective it just seemed like they've re- once you guys sort of got everybody on the right page the storyboards were set the concept art the, the whole like the script it just seemed like they just attacked that thing i mean the amount of iteration that was happening and how quickly every day we come down your office and see a little bit better version a little bit more polish here a new scene rendered out it just seemed like it came together so fast that i i haven't seen something like that happen before well, they were—I mean—they were huge on the, especially on the, the CG side, and and being able to because we were able to give them, you know, our models. You know, here's the character, you know, bam. All right, here's mm-hmm. the textures, bam. All right, now up resume and then take them to some place, make them look better than our game can make because you can bring them up to a higher resolution. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, now we want it to be dark, we want it to be raining, you know, let's let's see what you can do with that, and that was just great. And then add that to. The HUD work that Eric Bertolotti at pa- Perhapsitron was doing, mm-hmm. sort of creating, which Eric is with er- Eric and Joseph are really responsible for bringing the superintendent to life and how he communicated through the signs and and just every piece of just how he would sort of come up and react with the screen. And, you know, that became sort of another layer on top of the layer that sort of, as we, as we saw the trailer coming mm-hmm. to life, it was, a, it was really cool because Eric would bring something to it, the cafe guys we would tweak on our end and and that portion was just a lot of fun i mean one of the things i've read i think you guys have read this too one of the sentiments from the community is just some people just really got it in the sense that they they said this trailer was made for me bungie made this trailer for me as a hardcore fan Mm -hmm. it was made to be frame by frame dissected Mm -hmm. there's so much stuff in here clearly that was your guys intention from the beginning did you think it would come off as well as it did or were you wondering if people would piece together i mean did, did they meet or exceed your expectations in terms of the community? Well, it, was, and it was a difficult balancing act because we knew that, you know, Halo Recon is sort of a game for 
Halo fans. I mean, we really are catering more to that audience than a broader audience. You know, we're trying to capture people that played Halo 3 and liked it, but at the same time that we wanted to make it full of details for people to pick apart frame by frame, we knew that we needed to have something which was, you know, fit for public consumption too. We're introducing a new character, a new world. So we had to go a little bit broad, but I think I think we did a pretty good job balancing everything, uh, especially in the full version of the trailer. I mean, the, the teaser trailer was a little bit more sort of arcane and you really needed to know a lot about what was going on in Halo to to get a lot of meaning out of it. But it was a teaser, so that that was fine. But I think the full piece was... The was teaser, really, really good. The teaser was designed very, in its, in simplicity, simply just to mm-hmm. excite interest. Yep. Good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah, it got people talking. We mm-hmm. wanted people to be talking either to either. They were talking a little too much, I think. Maybe. Too much talking. But it was. Have it, you guys discussed the over-promise, sorry, under-promise, over-deliver <laughs> maxim of Bungie? What? Just put a countdown timer on everything we do from now on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to yank it? We're going to count, count down to this podcast. A <laughs> there, was a, there was a little, there was a little <laughs> lot of that to do, you know, between E3 and when it finally did come out because it felt, you know, that kind of like getting, you know, we put them through a cold shower sort of one too many times. So by the time it came out, I was, it, it, I think we were all worried that shit, maybe we had really sort of push that a bit and fortunately the hardcore by being able to sort of tear into it frame by frame be able to find stuff at least gave them something and the distance between I think the teaser and then the final announce was not mm. so significant that it was only a couple of weeks and I think yep. if it was longer it may have not worked out the way that we had planned but yeah, to go back to your earlier point I think if we hadn't had the time if we didn't take the extra whatever it was month or two to get it done there, we, there's no way we would have been able to layer in all of that stuff and you know uh but Jim mentioned Eric from perhaps a Tron in passing. And I, I just have to say that Eric is one of those guys that I, I've never met him, but um, I've spoken to him via email and I know that he's a, a big Halo fan and half the, I mean, I don't know how much, but a lot of the cool stuff that you see in that trailer is just from Eric. I mean, without anything from us, I mean, him figuring out cool things in the time code and things in the HUD. And mm-hmm. it was just really, really awesome to see exactly what Jim was talking arbitrary about. Arbitrary numbers that could be perceived as dates. <laughs> well, that one thing wasn't too awesome. So, Eric, if you're listening, you need to buy us a big beer or something to make On up what for day, that. like January something? Like, maybe that's what it is. That's what it is. He's delivering alcohol to the studio yeah, on that day. January 6th. That'd be good. Yeah. But it was just one of those things where if Eric hadn't had the time and we hadn't had time to feed stuff to him, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't have ended up that way. But, but we knew with the full trailer that, look, if we're going to make people wait for this thing, it's, it's got to be worth it a while. And the only people who really will have been waiting for a long time are the hardcore fans. Yep. And so let's really make it for them to a certain extent. And that's, that's what we did. Were you surprised at all about just how voraciously they just consumed it and just ripped it apart and the speed at which they were able to do no, that? No, I, I am shocked, you Ascendant Justice people, that it took you like 36 hours to make your post. I thought it was going to be... 24 hours tops. Narcogens was up first. Was it? I believe so. All right. Sorry, then. AJ. <laughs> but there, you know, the, our fans are a unique group that trying to make sure that we live up somewhat to their expectations when we release something to give them something back for, you know, for, for being with us. I mean, for just, to just continually being a part of our Putting community. up with our bullshit? Yes. 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 We're yes. counting you know, down we, to zero I mean, with us all over all again. Over again. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> thank I mean, you. Even, we're, it, yes. it put up, even in you know, as, as frustrated as we get internally, we just know it, it's got to be worse on the outside, and and trying to just give them something back to say, look, it was worth it, or it's at least fun to sort of tear into this. That 
mean, I'm, I'm like anybody else who wants to sit passively and watch something and go, that's cool. But when you can tear into something a bit and sort of find stuff and then sort of with, you know, Joseph's flair to sort of try to bury things and hope that you connect a bunch of dots, it's great. I mean, it's a, it's a way to sort of say, look, we know you're into this. We're into it as well. And, and we hope that you get, a, you get a kick out of this as much as we do. Because building it, building it is, is that much fun. I mean, and, and finding ways of sort of doing that. And Eric's been working with us since about 2002 on the first Halo 2 um, limited edition. So he's been a part of our group of people that have been buried in our sort of subculture. And he's watched the fans. And, and he works his ass off to try to do mm-hmm. that just a little bit extra that you wouldn't get from just anybody that would be working with us. Mm-hmm. You know, he just, he sort of thinks he'll, he'll argue at, you know, that's just not enough. We have to go further than that. I'm, and like, okay, you talk to Joseph and you just, you convince him. <laughs> I'm what? so easy to be convinced of things. <laughs> I was curious what, um, in the whole process, what was the most nerve wracking sort of milestone for you? Cause I, a couple come to mind that I'm just wondering how these would relate sort of the first time you got like the first renders back from Cafe Effects to sort of know like, can we do this? Can we pull this thing off the style that we want to achieve here? Watching that E3 countdown timer go and wondering if we're going to be able to release something or not, showing it to the team for the first time, or actually what happened at TGS and finally getting it out there and hope that after all that work, the fans received it well and, and loved it. Because all of those seem to be uh, you know, tense. It, you know, it, it's... It, Bungie in and itself is, is, is I've, I think I've, I've said this before here, internally in the studio, we are our own greatest fans, and we play our games. You know, I was going to say our own biggest assholes. This but is that true. Was, but I was going to say that too, actually. <laughs> I like Luke's term, slugs and hugs. Is sort yeah, of slugs the, and hugs. Lots of slugs and hugs go around That's here. True. Yeah, That's lots true. Lots of love, hate. Yeah. Which makes it a horrific environment to be able to do anything in which is you <laughs> work at Bungie <laughs> we are hiring <laughs> because the bar because everything you do the bar you've got to hit it out of the park you've got it and you've got this group of sort of that everybody wants to love and hate everything at the same time so sounds like my marriage so showing it to the team was was the part was, you I would dreaded the most out of the whole process and I, I did that a lot because we showed it to small groups I constantly. remember just at that big team meeting we had for the first time remember wasn't there like a little drama where Jim just wasn't quite sure he wanted to show it and you had to go and talk to him but oh, there was shit that was, a, that was when like I, drama with Jim what are you talking about no but it was just to your I just don't think that I think that to I your want, point the people downstairs you're, were just were you want to put your best foot forward I got my right? paranoia from you come on <laughs> slugs and hugs slugs and hugs but isn't that I mean I just remember no, was, you, you didn't want to show the team we thought it was awesome no, you, mean you, bun- think, you, you mean, think it was good enough yet you mean bungee day oh. yeah yeah, did Joe had to beg that one out of me? Yeah. Please, and I'm like, and everyone loved it. Like again, I mean, encore, yeah, I was like, I mean, it was huge. I, yeah, yeah, I was in the parking lot. Yeah, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if the shoe was on the other foot, and you know, Jim said, "Yeah, we'll just send a rough draft of your script around, and everybody will love it." I mean, I would have said, "Fuck you, <laughs> no, okay, you can't do it." But I, it was one of those things where I, it looked great. Um, it's it's hard to see when you're up close, but you know, every everybody here really wants to. At this point, we're a big enough studio that. People don't always know what the other person's working on day to day, and it's nice to be able to see, even if in a rough state, because I remember there, there are things going on here that we just don't yep. see every day, yep. and that was the day where we all came together. It was going to be good to see. So so was that a relief, and you kind of know that if the majority of people here think it's awesome, then you can breeze easy. You're, you're on the right track. If the team here loves it, then you know the hardcore fans are going to get it, and everything sort of falls into place. Yeah, or? but that's only one moment. That was yeah. That was... 
July 7th. <laughs> kind of the converse is true, though, too. Like, Bungie is kind of like that group of, like, cynical, like, jaded people where, like, even if they don't like it, it probably still means it's good. <laughs> well, but that goes along, but that's part and parcel to the slugs and hugs, which is you, you've got this group, you, you can, you can play something with this group and get nothing. <laughs> Absolutely dead on silence, which mm. apparently is, a, which I've learned is good. See, nothing, saying nothing is actually as equivalent as saying, I like it. So mm. you walk away going, how was it? I go, man, nobody said anything. How was that? That's good. But if they didn't, then you certainly would hear about Well, then you have to wait because then there's the incubation period. Yeah, uh, and then like then the crappy emails start yes. coming, <clears throat> you know, like the, the BCCs that you don't know about. Right, yeah. you have, you, then you have the slugs part. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to go around, you have to go around and go, did you hear anything? No, did you hear anything? No, cool. I'm, okay, I'm safe. Cool. Yeah. All right, moving on. Yeah. But that, yeah, definitely. But that, but that just only that part. I mean, that part just drives everybody here, which is they're consistently going. You know, every. I mean, I'm sure you have the same problem. Every time you write something, going, who's going to crucify me now? Well, I have uh, you know roughly eight million readers who you know get their nails every week. <laughs> it's pretty consistent now. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike knows what to I expect. I just sort of take it. That's fine. Yeah. Hate. Mm. <laughs> well, the thing for me that always tells me yeah, if we're if we're on the right track is when you finally show it to the the crowd at a live event. I mean, usually their stuff's at a live event. I wasn't at Tokyo this time, but, you know, it just seems different. like for a Tokyo game show, there was some applause. Well, we said before, and... it was the only applause for a trailer of the whole of the whole briefing, but we mm-hmm. were, as we were discussing earlier with Shishka, it's it's not what we're used to. I mean, it was it was like a little rundown conference room with folding chairs. Mm-hmm. And... No underwear were thrown at anyone. See, Bungie, back to basics. We got to work for yeah. it, gentlemen. <laughs> like Nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. What yeah. have I been saying? You're right. <laughs> Yeah, right. I you know as We're much as much as a live the, the live show which is great to see it's it's when it goes out and you start seeing the forum postings and you start seeing a, a consensus from people responding to what you believe you've heard and hear and you start seeing them the things that you've left or the pieces that you'd hope they've caught or the just general impressions you wanted them to come away with which is you know in this particular case was it something that they would you know they were going to wait for you know, our release is a while away, and so was this going to be cool? I mean, was this going to be fun, or was this going to reach that portion of them? And and that, just reading those forum posts, or the part that you just, you start getting going, yeah, we we at least, you know, got lucky again. Maybe that's it. It just feels somewhat like mm-hmm. that that portion of going, all right, we, you know, we're not, we're, we're just not we're not we're definitely never phoning it in that's that's not happening we i think we struggle and we get consensus and we bring people in and mm-hmm. and even you know i remember getting an email from joseph telling me to let go stop tweaking and i could, from me wow from i was going to say <laughs> that said, must have been literally just had to take off his headphones you. and scratch his hair he couldn't believe it <clears throat> he said from one tweaker to another let go and i'm like no no you know that was yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> well, we're sort of obsessive about the details. I mean, the funniest part well, of the whole trailer, the whole trailer process, was this one night where you remember that night where I, I came into Jim's room and there's this shot where if you look at the trailer, the Phantom passes right to left <laughs> across works. the screen, I believe, in the in the in the skylight, the thing, the hole that's been cut. And so I came into Jim and I said, Jim, it originally was passing left to right, so sort of the opposite way down the street than the way you see the Phantom. If you watch the trailer, you'll see what I'm talking about. And I came into Jim's office. I said, Jim, the Phantom's flying the wrong way. And Jim said, what are you talking about us flying the wrong way? We had the funniest half hour, like, laughing. I was on the couch laughing so hard, argument. And finally, CJ walked in, and we were drawing on whiteboards. I was trying to convince Jim to, like, make it fly right to left across the screen. He was 
convinced it was supposed to go the other way. We realized actually at the end of this conversation that there was a big flaw with the way the scene was lit and where the hole was and just the cafe effects whole layout of the shot. So we ended up fixing kind of a, a weird detail. But I mean, Jim and I would argue in a fun way about the smallest things in this trailer. So I knew that at that point we had two noodlers in the room, noodling the same thing, and at some point like we needed to let go of the pasta. Otherwise, we were just going to noodle it to death. I remember I, remember I, give, I called Cafe going, we're flipping the way the Phantom's going. They're going, no. I'm like, no, please, I can't talk about this. <laughs> but the great thing was, like, just, I was like, just Jim, flip it, please, Jim, just flip Jim, it. They don't need to do anything. Just take the thing and, and you know, it. and flip it. Just flip flip the image. Yeah. Jim's like, nah, flip it. I said, just flip it. They don't need to re-render it. But I was laughing and tears were coming out of my eyes as I was yelling at Jim. It was just so funny. Now, who, I want to know, who is harder to work with then? Because you have sort of like a mythical rivalry with Marty on, on things like oh, this. Like you yes. two used to work very intimately with things of this nature and now now you're working with Jim who I mean, what's what's it what's it like? Who's harder to work with? You're right. I do have two grumpy old men. This seems more of like a Whoa, friendly. You're lumping Jim into that category with Whoa, Marty. It huh? seems like a more of a friendly rivalry. I like to think like as, as as Jim as a, as an ally in my epic struggle against Marty. <laughs> Because at the end of the day, Jim and I are still going to be the visual guys, you know, and Marty is still going to sit in the ivory tower waiting to do his music. And Jim and I are going to be, we're before what Marty does. And so but anybody Marty, that's not in Marty's room. But Marty is the last. I mean, oh, if dude. he doesn't like it, he won't do audio. <laughs> <laughs> is Marty coming in a little bit? He is. Yeah. Oh, oh, we uh, we're before kid. him. He's coming in after. <laughs> no, I have to say, I have to say all, 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 all joking aside, with Marty this time around, this was a, you know, Marty and I talked early on about the vibe of Recon and the tone we were going for and even musical stuff. And I've been talking to Marty about saxophones for yep. months until he's You put that sick. in your, in your you, have a, you did a presentation for pre-production that was sort of, here's the spirit of Recon yeah, and you, you put you your will. own sound design in there. Yes, I put a little Miles Davis on top of hardcore Halo 3 action. It, was, it worked beautifully. <laughs> and so I let Marty green. shit a brick about that for you know a couple of months and then you know Marty eventually realized the vibe. He sort of yeah. grooved with it and put in some I think really new, interesting music. So all, all kidding aside, I, Jim, Marty, and I, and everybody that worked on this project, I think we knew exactly what we were going for. Not having to put it out right after E3 took the pressure off. Um, there was a lot of time for fun collaboration this time around. Um, so I, it, it worked It worked well. Even with me and Marty, I was sh- shocked. Though you, have to shocked. Ask, though you have to ask Marty about, the, love <clears throat> about the one per- moment. Perpetuating the myth of me and Marty <laughs> going at each other with knives. Yeah, it, it, I took that mantle this time. Um, you have to ask Marty about the, his one moment between him and I where he betrayed me. And you can just bring <gasps> that When Marty was your Judas? He was. All right. Wow. Um, now, it's a moment that probably only he and I and maybe you know a few people would actually notice this distinct difference between the version that shipped and the version that he was going to ship, but I went to that place that I remember Joseph going to many a time where... The, ha- the happy place? The happy place. <laughs> <laughs> in a conversation with Marty with the door closed, throwing myself on a carpet saying, you betrayed me, you betrayed me. Wow. <sighs> At two, Martin? <laughs> At two. <laughs> Betrayal in the games industry. Huh, on but, that. but he, but he was. Yeah, but, on and, the and note of Marty betrayal. That's uh. No, no, let's bring him in. No, but on a big, but on a. We huge, got a mystery guest right outside. <laughs> but on a huge note, on a huge note, he just did. He he heard me, and it was a small thing that I wanted, and he 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 finally sort of 
saw it, heard it, and knew that it was that important. And he's always like that. I mean, he may fight you tooth and nail, and 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 in the end, he'll he'll hear you as long as he'll he'll, he'll collapse like a cheap house of cards. I know what you're talking about. There we go. I'm trying to trying, I'm trying to give him a little dignity here, please. I'm just have Marty screen it before. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, here's what these guys said about you. Now let's talk. <laughs> Slugs and hugs. Well, I think think on that note, actually, that transitions nicely to we're going to take a quick break. And what we're going to do at the break is uh, play the Halo 3 recon music. And uh, it's called Prepare to Drop. And when we come back, Hmm. we'll have uh, Martin O'Donnell with us. We'll be right back. just heard was prepared to drop and we're fortunate enough today to have pried him away from working feverishly on his daughter's wedding uh we have with us <laughs> <That's> exactly right <laughs> composer and audio director for bungie marty o'donnell thanks for coming up thanks for Appreciate having it. me here i'm glad to be here so we want to talk just take us through the prepare to drop piece a little bit i mean everyone just listened unless they skipped past it because they really wanted to get to the sound <laughs> of your voice but uh talk to us about that that piece of music each each piece you've composed for a trailer has been pretty different and this piece especially is different from what halo fans are used to and uh you and i have talked a bunch about how you want to sort of rise you said something like why can't it just be a piece of music right instead of always having to be like where are the monks yeah uh you know no one should get used to anything i i hate getting used to anything so i i want to approach everything with a fresh creative uh eye or ear and uh, on this one, it had completely to do with what the story that we were telling. We were telling a completely different story. It's a story of an individual guy and dropped into a destroyed city, and he is not a cyborg, so he can't just go out and attack the, the brutes. So it's a different story than uh, Master Chief's story. So it, it's going to sound like it's attached to the Halo universe because I'm writing it. So I think that's good enough. I mean, Joe, Joe talked a little bit about film noir and sort of the overall tone for the project, but he also said he, he talked about how he had just been pestering you with sax for, yeah. for the months leading up to the, the well, trailer. Actually, he had pestered me with some... Uh, uh, and I, I mentioned the presentation he did where the, he had his own audio. Remember Joe put his yes, own yes. Like, yeah, I remember that. Matlock-style music or yeah. something Matlock. like that? <laughs> 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 I love Matlock. I... Uh, he pestered me with, uh, and, and all of a sudden I'm thinking Miles Davis, but it wasn't no, Miles Davis. He's, he said it was. Oh, was it? Yeah, okay. he did. Actually, a little kind of blue. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but so he had he was pestering me with trumpet stuff for the most part. So. Oh, he said it was muted he trumpet. Said, okay. Yeah, he doesn't. He's know not a musician. Well. Okay. He, what does he know? You know you he just thinks you put a reed in your mouth and blow into it. There you go. <laughs> put your lips together and blow. That's what we did. So there you go. Well, let's talk a little bit about. I, rem- I remember the first time that Brian and I were able to convince you to play it for us. Yeah. Yeah. In your it office. Was early. No, well, it was early, but there was no there was no video accompaniment. We just closed our eyes, right, and listened. That's right. And it's like got a very smoky, like <laughs> it has a very like I I was envisioning, and this happens most of the time when I close my eyes, anyways. But I was envisioning a woman. <laughs> well, you know what happens is, uh, you know the doing something that's got a like a period feel, like anything that has got any jazz references, like a saxophone, automatically puts you someplace in music history, and. Um, that's a little bit dangerous. You, you will immediately feel like you're copying something from the past. And so I knew that just even having something as strong as a saxophone doing anything solo was going to be very evocative. And so I had the guy bring uh, a couple of different saxes and have him, I had him play that just three notes many times over and over. Um, the more personality he put into it, the more it made you think you were outside a red light district or... You know, the femme fatale was supposed to just walk around the corner looking drop-dead gorgeous. So um, that's not a bad thing to have, but you, you don't want to overdo it in, in something like this piece. So I just kept him as sort of close to classical sounding as possible. So Ravel used an alto sax in a symphony or something. I don't know if it was a symphony or not. I mean, somebody's going to get me for that. But Ravel used a famous alto sax part for a classical piece of music so i had him play it pretty much straight and uh it sounded good how, how it's big still was, very evocative how big yeah, was the orchestra so. that you had assembled for um, this was it the same group of musicians that did the halo three sa- stuff yeah it's the same group it's about 60 people the northwest symphonia so and how long does a session take to come up with that 90 second or so piece of music uh we were we were in the studio for about I don't know, three, four hours of recording. But that's because I, I like to bring them in in different groups. So strings, brass, woodwinds. So I want to talk. I've never actually g- witnessed that. So I want to talk about yeah, that. Sure. So the, I've seen it in the making of no, materials. I've, I've, I've only seen the making of, but I've documented it quite accurately. <laughs> <laughs> Many times. I think that people are, uh, I think that people are really curious about what that's like. So you're saying you bring in each sort of discipline and instrument type separately. Yeah. Each what we call choir. So in the orchestra, there are different choirs. So they're, they the only ever hear, they're only, they only hear their part or through well, headphones? Are they sort of hearing the combined? Yeah. Um, so I actually do a, a scratch mix of the orchestration using sampled and MIDI instruments. Uh, the conductor um, and some of the string players might actually hear that before they start. And that's, that's a full mix of all the fake instruments, basically. Uh, the engineer knows that that's what I'm going for. And the conductor knows that. But then when we start laying down tracks, it's basically a click track, the conductor, and whatever first group is in there. So it's, I like to start with strings usually because they have the, the most work. And they carry a lot of almost everything that's going on. So we, we just start laying it down in, in, uh, in pieces, actually. So um, I'll, even, I'll even separate out the low strings from the high strings and, se- and get them separated so I can have more control of the mix later on. So you're really you're sort of building in a foundational way yep. where you're laying like the first the first layer and then you're layering everything on top of each other at the mixing phase. Is that um, and once yeah, you have it and, all? And as the as the different groups come in, they hear the previous group. So the woodwinds are playing with the strings and the brass are playing with all everybody. And the saxophone was the last guy we had come in, so he heard everybody. 
but it wasn't really mixed at that point. It's just sort of a rough mix, and then then we spent the rest of the night mixing it. So do you know when do you know when you're listening like okay this is the this is the this is the take we're using from here, and then put this other take on top of it? Do you? Yeah, put- exactly. You you select takes. It's like yeah, the, let's do that again. Now let's do it again. Okay, that's the one we're going to use, and so that's the one we. And then later on during the mix, we might actually say, hey, let's combine takes two and seven and actually mult them, keep yeah. them. So they're, so that thickens the strings up. You get all the strings playing on top of each other, the same parts they played already, and it just gives you a bigger sound. So is this you and Mike Salvatore that would have those types of discussions, or who are you bouncing these things off of as you're deciding no. on tracks? Yeah, in Seattle we go to uh, Studio X and the – the name of the engineer is Reed okay. Ruddy, and he is a spectacularly good orchestral engineer. It's a oh. sweet name, Ruds. Uh, so, <laughs> Ruds. Uh, but did um did did Mike was Mike involved in the prepare to drop um, um, piece at all or? Mike wasn't actually involved in this one. Hmm, okay. Mm. This is a pure O'Donnell. But it still says O'Donnell Salvatore yeah. on it. Well, I mean, some of the, the undertones. The, the nature of what yes. we do. Well, there's undertones in this that were part of stuff he did back in the day. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay, well. Wow. Trying to give your partner day. a little shot. Yeah. 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 Jeez. Yeah. All right, fine. Uh, he's in Chicago. He's dead he to me. nothing to do with <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, no. Mike is actually working hard on some, some other, other stuff. Other stuff? Yeah. In so. the O'Donnell Salvatore Empire? Or no, is he the, just uh, the Salvatore? In in oh, the recon cool. empire that's wow. we're building. So, so we can certainly put that to rest. There's been questions whether will, will there be new music or not. And oh yes. I mean, I don't know why. My people... plan at this point is that it'll be all new music. But nice. it depends on what happens. It might, <laughs> might have to dip in. Precious little time. <laughs> is, that, is that what's been happening? <laughs> you know, you mentioned that certain instruments like take you back to a period or sort of have a connotation or a mood that they evoke. But right. is it, you know, I think recently you did an interview with, uh, I think it was a Wall Street Journal, which was about that kind of, but it was uh, talking yeah. about how nowadays, like, monks have become more associated with, like, a Halo video game than they were with, like, the actual, like, Benedictine monks and sort of, is that weird to you that you've taken what used to define this and now you've moved now you've, pe- you've redefined holy yeah, a whole genera- generation no yes. it's monks it must be something by Marty it must be Halo related this yeah, is extremely that- reverent I love this <clears throat> game uh, yeah that is bizarre that's just plain bizarre it, it doesn't make any sense honestly I mean people just need to listen to more music and realize that there were monks Marty before Halo but you don't listen to more music but we've had discussions in the past where you don't you don't really go out of your way to try to listen to a lot of music nowadays. You said that you uh, you don't have an interest in. Keeping I heard you're up a big with... fan of Breaking Benjamin. Is oh that yeah, you? yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't want to like blow me away. Not to say you don't appreciate on. music, but you, <laughs> I'm, trying to remember, I'm trying to remember how you how you put it before. But I think I think what it is, you're not really interested in keeping up with like what's current and what the kids are into. Like you. No, I listened to Lazy Boy. I remember <laughs> they, they, that guy was good. Wasn't he Paul something? Oh, Soldier Boy? Soldier Boy? No. No. Lazy wow, Boy. you guys already forgot. I don't, I mean, I don't actually. Fallout Boy. Oh, there he is. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. when you met him and called him the wrong name. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. I called Sorry. him Peter. No, which one is it? He's Peter or Paul? I don't, I don't, I, I'm oh, unfamiliar with Soldier Boy. Pete. It's, it's Pete, Pete, and you call Pete him Paul. Went. I call yeah. him Paul, yeah. yeah. I don't, uh, I, I don't really listen to current music. 
See? I'm like Marty. No, here's what but I Marty's do. Marty's reasoning, what he once said, that he defines music <laughs> culture. He doesn't be influenced by music. He, uh, he defines music. No, what I did say, though, is is we create culture. We don't copy culture. Yep. And uh, so for me, I think it's I've had so many years of producing music that the, the entire left side of my brain is now fully engaged in music creation. So I have a hard time actually listening to music in a relaxed way. Hmm. Because I, my, the left side of my brain kicks in immediately, and it's almost Just like dissecting work. it, and, and I start uh-huh. dissecting it. So it's uh, it, when I'm watching a film or or something like that, I, I I can let it sort of wash over me. But just listening to music, I I can't have music on in the background because I completely it doesn't soothe or it's very distracting. Huh? Hmm. You know, interestingly, I think. Chris Butcher and a couple of our engineers have spoken in the past. They probably about can't play games anymore. They can't just sit down and play a game. <laughs> it's hard to play a game for enjoyment without just completely trying to dissect it and understand right. it and get inside of it. Yeah, that's the that's the problem with being in the business, whatever it is. You 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 can't turn that part of your brain off. I can't read other games updates or forums <laughs> or, or press releases. I just I can't draw any enjoyment from those things. And Luke can't uh, Post, actually. Luke can Luke do can anything. Yeah. I, yeah, actually yeah. can't really do anything. Yeah, I don't actually enjoy anything. really life anymore. I mean, there's one. Yeah, I can think of something I still enjoy. But. Uh, hey. <laughs> Hey, you know, um, since, since we're jumping around a, a little bit here, sure. since, you know, I know it's hard to stretch it out for a 90-second track. I know we'll have a lot more to talk about the music of Recon <laughs> at a later date, but... Yeah. Um, oh, there are a lot of you guys, little themes in weren't there. Weren't you guys recently, uh, didn't you guys just recently go on the road to receive a highly coveted award? And yes, we did. We were down at San Francisco for the AES Tech Awards. Technical Excellence. No, no. I don't even remember what the name is. What does that stand for? Somebody look it up. Chad, Eric, production assistant. Hey, we don't have a <laughs> computer in here. All right, so, well, you guys, so you guys were down there receiving a sweet award. Yes, from uh, and what's nice about it, it was not a game-related award. It was for interactive audio, but it was given by the uh, Audio Engineering Society, and they are giving uh, technical and creative achievement awards to, you know, Sting and Robert Plant and. Guys who were awesome T-bone 30 years Burnett. ago. No, I remember. We were, uh, we were in, I think that was when we were in Tokyo, right? And it's like Matt Noguchi sends out a mail. Look, yeah. We won this thing. It's awesome. And then Marty's like, Robert Plant says hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's my job. One That's with my the job. Ombudsman. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was really cool. It's a, it's a, it's The game industry itself is getting a little more wider recogni- recognition. Like we had the VES Awards, which uh, Bungie also won. And that's, you know, that's... The, the top visual effects society and, and movies and television and everything else. So that's very cool. We're nice. starting to, to make inroads. We're breaking outside of the box now. We're no longer getting just game awards. We're it's, building a new box. Yeah, a new We're box. redefining the box. Oh, and when, culture. when you're a pop culture phenomenon, <laughs> it, it opens a lot of doors for you. <laughs> I mean, still to this day, I mean, the Halo soundtracks in general is more highly regarded more coveted than most other games I don't know people just don't seem to care about for whatever reason but not that Marty needs to hear this Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to play this down like in my ears Switching gears, though, we were... Uh, we talking did, politics, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And we spoke to with, vote. Uh, we, we talked to two of your uh, co-collaborators, Jim and Joe, a little earlier about making yes. the trailer and that it whole is. process. And uh, 
they had a lot of great things to say about the, <laughs> the collaboration, but Jim, yeah, see, I should have, I should listen to the previous. Jim had a Jim, Jim told us to ask you about uh, yeah, some stuff he, down. Yeah, oh I've my been, god, I've been taking notes. Okay. I've been doing work. What did he call uh, it exactly? He called it, uh, I believe, the Great Betrayal. Yes, But what he didn't do was give us any context. He just said we, we should ask you about it. He said it. he so came he, into your office, yeah. threw himself on his on your carpet. Yeah, yeah. So let's let, walk us through that. I'm just gonna cl- just to set the record straight. Jim has no context. That's just part. of it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the thirty pieces of silver. <laughs> Uh, Jim is the director. He was the video director producer, and uh, Joe was the writer. And what what Jim and I sometimes have to work out is at Bungie, I'm the audio director, and there's a uh, let's see, the tradition in 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 Hollywood is that the director says what goes for everything, and at Bungie, of course, nobody gets to do that. Well, except in the realm of audio, and then I get to say everything that has to do with audio. But my my question was, isn't audio the last thing to go in? Yeah, it is. Well, usually. so, so couldn't the audio director just say like, I don't want to do that, and then halt progress on things? Uh, that's pretty much exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but I mean, like if John Williams said that to George Lucas, we'd have like good new Star Wars movies. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the music wouldn't go. <laughs> oh no! But okay. so tell tell us about Jim walks into your room. Yeah. So we had gone back and forth on a couple of little things, and trust me, he did stress they were little. They were like little. the average person would probably never know no, the no, difference. You'd never know what it was. And and I even said to him, we, you know, what what had happened was that of course some of the changes Jim was working on on the video side of was causing us to go later and later and stay later and we were really tired we did a final mix and that was it when we I said okay this is it this is the final mix and of course Jim the next day like uh you know couldn't we yeah we a couple changes we need to do and uh that was the point at which I said no we're actually you know we're happy with this we're done making changes and so he came back in, and he had a, a very legitimate thing to talk about. And I knew it wouldn't be that hard to <laughs> – the truth is I knew it wouldn't be that hard to fix. <laughs> oh, my God. No, he already said that. He, yeah. he and Joe both said that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the – they know you guys have this game, the dance you do. <laughs> well, see, you have to give a little bit on something because otherwise well, – if you give on everything, then you're just – What was the official quote? At the, steamrolled. At, at, when push comes to show, Marty will collapse like a house of cards. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. That's, a, that's a Joe Stain. Yeah, that's exactly what Excellent. he said. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, so I held my ground for a while and then, you know, realized that I could give on this one thing. And it was actually illegitimate, but it was the one thing I kept saying to Jim. I was like, Jim, in the big picture, this is so minor. You, you could play this back-to-back, the two different versions, for, you know, a million people, and you might get one person who would even notice. That's a math fact. Hmm. Just now. Math fact. Math fact. Right there. <laughs> no, but that's it, it's indicative of the creative process yeah, in the whole yeah. studio. We've been talking about with these guys too. I mean, we just everybody here critiques everything and you're always worried about what the guy next to you is gonna think about your stuff. And I mean we had to we had to plea with you to let us hear the audio before it was put yeah. in. <laughs> just like we had to plea with Jen to show us the rough cuts. Because yeah, sure. like nobody wants to let, show their cards yet. They only want to put their best foot well, forward. You know, we do show what we're working on to the guys who who understand truly understand what stage it's at and 
you know what to criticize that's and like marty telling us yeah, that we don't understand don't it's true <laughs> that's what he just did <laughs> actually like, that's exactly roundabout like way that, yeah. yeah so wait you mean that soundtrack wasn't wasn't like work in progress that i heard <laughs> the, the stuff on itunes is, is final uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah anyway so i forget what i was saying no but it makes bungie make it's how bungie does its best work i think yes uh, there's a lot of give and take, and there's a small group of people on any given project that, that are really the, the final closers. And when you get to that closing state, you are nitpicking over the most ridiculously small things, but and, and then it's taken out of your hands and you're done. So to some extent, I was just sort of reminding Jim that I get to say when the audio is done. But and, and I did. All right. <laughs> and I did say when it was done. All right. All right. All right. There was there was a payoff. Uh, I wish I was in the room when you guys were interviewing him. I want to hear both sides of the argument. You'll have to wait until uh, early oh, next actually. year. <laughs> so I would say uh, within Bungie, this is what's interesting. You, since you interviewed the three of us, I, I would say that historically the biggest arguments I've ever gotten into at Bungie are Joe Staten and Jim McQuillan one-on-one arguments that can just be brutal. Luke asked Joe, which of which of the two of you were more challenging or difficult to work with? <laughs> yeah, he said that he considers Jim more of an ally in his ongoing <laughs> war against Marty, yeah. which I actually was kind of surprised was surprised uh, about. I was, you know, I think that that's a tough call <laughs> for Joseph. But we're all good buddies. As a matter of fact, yeah. Jim and I hugged. After we finished it, that seems. I mean, that's the theme we've been talking about. The hugs, slugs, and hugs. slugs and hugs. Slugs yeah. and hugs. Yeah, yeah okay. that's the bungee way. That was when Luke was. We were giving an amazing endorsement for uh, recruitment and uh, talking about how we're all assholes to each <laughs> Come other. Come work here. Yeah. <laughs> Come learn how much you really suck. Uh, <laughs> that's creatives get it though, right? I mean, like that's basically the process. Is it's a bunch of. If you're passionate about it, then you're going to fight for what you think is best. And that's exactly what we're looking for, passion. Yes, and fight. And fight. So you, you put the track out for free. That was very nice Thank that, you. that fans were able to enjoy that. Um, I've got it nestled right between Girl Talk and the Metal Gear Solid 4 soundtrack. It's a perfect fit. Mm. I might make some ringtones wow. out of that. I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> well, Girl Talk is sweet, so you should be thrilled. Okay. <laughs> I think that was a compliment. Yeah, oh, okay. it was totally a compliment. Who's Girl Talk? Girl Talk Marty is music that'll open your eyes to something. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, it is the, it's like if you took Dirty South rap and pop hits, found the chords that match between the two of them, and bring them together in like one awesome mix and let it thump in your ears. Wow, it's, it's really good. It's actually, it is. You should send me some of that because what I do is I, I'll, you know, I'll consume mass quantities of pop music every six This months. is great because it's just a bite it's Just size. so I know what's going on and then I... This I, is like yeah. two minutes of every big song of the past few years like at a time because it's all like mashed up, yeah, overlaid, mashed, mixed together mash. but, okay. it's, mm-hmm. but it's in really incredible ways like the, it's really good. I think as a musician, you'd probably appreciate that. It's got some of that, that hip and the hop thing. Happening. Yeah, there's yeah, a little bit of that. Absolutely. Yeah. A little hippity hop. It's yeah. good. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of that. Have you... Uh, have you had any time to play any games yet of this, like, on the holiday rush is, is upon us? We've, we were talking a little earlier about some of the games we've been playing, Fable yeah, 2, I, you know, Dead I played, Space. I haven't played any of the absolutely new ones. I've got them at home, but I haven't. But I, I played some Braid. Nice. I know that yeah. doesn't count, but. I played sure, some Braid, Braid too. Braid's not that old. I mean, <laughs> game hurts old. my head. Really? I love yeah, that game. Yeah, man, I know, I know that you do, and I, I talked to you about this before, yeah. but 
I just don't like to sit down and like think, man. Like, <laughs> I do so. I have to think so no, much that, all the time that like that I'm not really rewarded us. by figuring out like. Oh, if I rewind time at this exact moment, this thing goes here and opens this door. I only have to do this like another eight times before I get another piece of story about this dude whose girlfriend broke up with him. Yeah, the guy's <laughs> definitely Spoilers. working out some issues. But the thing, I the, actually, the one big criticism I have is the music. So I really like the music. I don't like hearing it go backwards 150 times in a row because I, I keep jumping the wrong oh, way or right. the button wrong. It's like have the ambience go backwards, have the sound effects go backwards, but don't have the music. The, if you just listen to what you're doing and you hear the music going, it, it just drives you crazy. So Well, if you do that with Halo music, you get messages and stuff. Yeah, well, true, yeah. true. Yeah, it's like they should at least Republican. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's not go four. there. Uh, let's not go there. Sorry. No, we're, we're not going to go there. a week out from the election. And let's I'm avoid that. St- I'm slightly <laughs> depressed, actually. Why? I thought you were confident. You know, I, think... I was before the economic collapse, which is the number of fault. I have any idea what my inbox is about to look like. You, I know uh, the economy and, and retirement <laughs> savings and Social Security for people of Marty generation is the top issue right now. Right. <laughs> if, uh, yeah, cat. no, this is, I, I don't want this to turn into like a Facebook Twitter where everyone's <laughs> talking about politics. Right. No, let's not do it. So let's um, actually, I think that that's uh, that's a, that's a show in the bag. Show in the bag. Pretty yeah, long. Parting. It's a good show. Oh, it's been gosh. a while since we've had you on the show. Certainly not the last well, time. Well, yeah, I'm not sure why it's. Every time you make me so music, you get to come back. That's right. We had to have you do something. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to finishing all new music for Recon yeah. and getting it out there for the fans. And this time, because it looks like we have a little time, hmm. the soundtrack might either come out. Simultaneously. A little ahead or simultaneously. Wow. That would be awesome. Excellent. That yeah. would be sweet. I'm saying it now, putting the planting the flag. Get your torrent sites ready. <laughs> <laughs> so we yeah, should great. Should we Thanks ex- for that. Maybe expect a little cameo from Robert Plant, perhaps? Oh, Some hey, of your new that buddies. Would be cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Be like Marty's Coheed and Cambria. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Never. That will never uh, go out. You know, you say that, Marty, Uh. but there's a line where... (laughs) Someone just last week sent me a link to to the old... um, uh, karaoke the Cher, revolution yeah, yeah. Cher, yeah. Yeah. that was Cher. good yeah. that's still out there it's, that was amazing legendary uh, you, just, you nailed that those though. Pipes, you carried your you team to gotta, victory that's right. I've spoken that's to right. contractors that were at that event and they were like that's when I knew I wanted to work at Bungie <laughs> so, yeah, I mean you're using it? the same sense as like Mariah in terms of like <laughs> the, the range I mean I don't know how many octave scales uh, she has but yeah, yeah it's, it's impressive it's just I just go up when I need to it's uh well Rock Band 2 is just as good and I would expect it to be in this year's pentathlon so Brush up. Yeah. Got to get the spandex out again. <laughs> I never wanted to ever hear anybody say that ever. I think that that's an awesome mental image to leave everyone with as we uh, brush off into the ether. Yes. Marty O'Donnell and spandex. And uh, this has been another episode of the Bungie Podcast. Make sure that you download the accompanying podcast that's available with this. It is the lost episode from E3. Unless uh, when Brian and I listen to the lost episode, we find something that we're not allowed to say. In which case, there is no other episode. I think that's all the caveats we need. And uh, we'll be back soon.
The Bungie Studios podcast is produced by Tom Giaconda and Chris Gossett. It's mixed and mastered by Steve Lopez, hosted by Brian Gerard and Luke Smith. 